I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hey, chickens. The fabulous Adam Richard. Uh, it's another Time Lord Victoria special episode. Uh, this time, we're going to be hearing about the final episode of Daleks! <laughs> All right, it's the last episode of Daleks! Exclamation <laughs> It's the last time I'll be shouting in your ears. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I find it amusing. Uh, look, the spaceship crash at the start of this episode was great. I enjoyed that. I loved the Scalectrix Daleks on their little uh, racing car tracks as they go around Scaro. Fun stuff. Um, and then there's just a lot of, you know, explosions and fighting. And I feel like finally in this fifth episode, the people who are making it have learned some restraint. Um, the camera is not wheeling around quite so energetically. There are a couple of weird moments where they've simulated a handheld camera. Like it must be a setting. (laughs) On your um your 3D software. Uh, but, you know, there's a couple of moments where it feels like the, the camera work, you know, I know it's not camera work because, you know, the other half does this. Like, you know, you create camera plots and things. Um, but, yeah, it's not quite so energetic. So, it feels a bit more nat- natural and like normal filmmaking instead of, you know, look what I can do with this button. Um Anyway, uh, there's a big fight between the Mechanoids and the Daleks on Scaro, and then the Entity comes back at some point. I, look, I'm, I'm probably spoiling it, but do you really care? Does any of it make any sense? I still don't understand. Like, in the Doctor Who comic um, with these Daleks in it, it was implied they're from a different dimension because um, they're not the ones that we know and the Doctor didn't really know them. But then in this one, it's not really explained. So is this all happening in another dimension? They're going to pop through into our Doctor's dimension? I don't know. It's weird. Um, anyway, lots of explosions and then uh, f- then it all finishes. Um, the Dalek strategist is moustache-twirlingly hilarious. Uh, and then there's a weird cliffhanger bit of business at the end, which I don't know whether that's because they were 
they wanted to make a new... I don't know. It's a very... It's, it feels very big finish to go, oh, it's finished, but wait. Um, I mean, it's every, everything at the moment. Like, you go and see Wonder Woman, and it's like, oh, but what about this bit in the credits? And then it's like, oh, just what if you don't make another movie? This is just going to be a weird hanging thread that I want to pull out for the rest of my life. Um, anyway, uh, that's my problem with the... the Marvel after credits thing. Like, it got to the point where I would be going to see some other movie. Uh, <laughs> and I would hang around to the end and be like, yeah, I just want to see if Judy Dench joins the uh, Avengers in this, dressed as a cat. <laughs> she doesn't. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, I have a very special treat for you now. It, it may not be a treat. You may hate it. Um but my lovely Matt, who is uh, one of our one of our crew here uh, that listens to this deranged podcast, uh, lives in the UK, and I sent him off to the Dalek escape room. So if you're going to go to the Dalek escape room, stop listening now because I'm going to read it all out to you. He sent me an email about everything that happened. Um, so he and his mates uh, found a, a slot in between various lockdowns um, to go to the Dalek Awakens adventure, which is part of Time Lord Victorious, apparently, although it had been running for a while and maybe they just... Uh, you know, added it in. Anyway, they went to the one in Reading. I used to work in Reading. I worked at Southern Electric. Uh, they're all, they were all given official starship roles and lanyards to indicate said roles, and captain, engineer, etc. They went through a door onto the bridge of a starship, which is doomed to destruction following a Dalek attack. Uh, the damaged metal meanie in question had drained the ship of all power in an attempt to repair itself. In 60 minutes... We had to reroute power away from the recovering Dalek and into the life support systems so that the passengers and crew were saved and the Dalek defeated. We were prompted throughout by occasional audio messages from the Doctor herself and to a lesser extent by Gareth, who was the room monitor, (laughs) who they could call upon if they were stuck or needed help. Uh, Gareth was, however, it seems, a little distracted, flirting with one of the other room monitors and frequently left us wasting our time. Very often because part of the room had broken. Um, so you walk into a very dark bridge of a starship. There's panels all around the walls, flashing lights, readings, which could bring on a seizure, but it was suitably sci-fi and authentically Doctor Who, as it was clearly assembled on a budget akin to a 1980s Sylvester McCoy episode. <laughs> oh, Matt. Uh, in the corner of the room is a massive caged area in which a badly damaged Dalek sits. It's probably thinking quietly how it's going to have a serious word with its agent for getting in this stupid gig as opposed to a proper role in the TV show. It gave a wonderful Richard III for the RSC in the 80s, but now it's relegated to these public appearances while all the glory goes to Dalek Khan. Um, Straight away, you have to identify your roles and stand on the right bits of the wobbly floor. This is because occasionally the Dalek in the corner gets a surge of energy. I could have been on Broadway, it thinks as it swigs a can of Red Bull. Um... (laughs) and scans the ships for signs of gullible punters who've paid money to do this. Standing on wobbly tiles apparently hides you from a Dalek's scanning capability. If only the Doctor and Bilal had known that in the City of the Exelons. Mind you, you probably shouldn't stand on those tiles. Once you've done that, the Elaine Page of Daleks goes back to sleep to dream of historical stardom and you're free to carry on pulling bits of set off the walls you're not supposed to. 
Oh, dear. Uh, the first system restore task involved some micro-bee thing that were bouncing on a screen. Trial and error and some clues from Gareth. Fluid update. She's clearly not that into him, but he's going to keep trying. Uh, <laughs> he does to figure out that the micro-bee things attached, reacted to our voices, but we weren't sure what exactly we needed to say or what we needed to do to get them to behave in the right way to pass the task. Turns out it wasn't important as the screen promptly turns itself off and Gareth had to pop up to tell us that that section had gone wrong. So he was just going to let us pass it and move on to the next stage. All going well so far. This does not sound good. Uh, There were some holes in the wall you had to pop your hand into and put some pipes into some slots. This wasn't the most taxing of tasks. We did that very quickly and a drawer opened up containing some gloves and some bits with the gloves. But bits which were clearly intended to be attached to the gloves but had fallen off. Uh, We hoped that wouldn't be important but sighed when we realised it probably was and that at some point that would cause us some problems in the game. Then we came to the sorting of plants. Yes, it's as exciting as it sounds. There were some plants and little vials in a case on the wall that you couldn't get to. But some controls a little further away that controlled a magnet that moved above them. Uh, A little like one of those grabber arcade games we've all come to hate when the claw is positioned perfectly only for it to give the stuffed toy the gentlest of strokes that would get it arrested for sexual harassment before returning to the ceiling and laughing at you for wasting a pound. Well, the magnet equivalent of this was that it would regularly pick up the plants and then drop them only for them to fall on their sides, making it impossible for the magnet to reach the metal on the top. Thankfully, Steve's hands and arms were skinny enough to reach up into the area to tease the dropped plants into the drop zone and we all made a mental note to invite Steve to a night at the arcade next to get that elusive iPhone 11. Um, Once you've got them out, there's a place to slot them into, but you only need a few of them. There was a helpful guide which detailed the plants needed at this point, including colours, designs, shapes, all of which was rendered utterly useless by the fact that it was as dark as Eldred's armpit, and what lighting there was, was coloured, therefore changing the look of the plants. Trial and error came into play, and eventually we guessed at the right combination, and restored another element of life support, despite the fact that it severely lessened our actual wills to live The next system restore came in the form of finding a password that you could type into a small keyboard. Without any direction or suggestion, there was no way to know where this password was located. So how do we find it? In the end, we got bored and were sitting on the floor and I started thinking of Doctor Who terms that could possibly be, uh, that it could possibly be. And after three random attempts, Gallifrey, Torchwood and Victorious, I hit gold with Bad Wolf. Uh, It was only after the room ended that Gareth informed us that there was a small alcove near the floor that you had to reach into and feel the outline of the words. That I had guessed it led Gareth to think I'd cheated and Googled the game before attending. And despite many protestations to the contrary, he wasn't to be convinced, giving me the side eye from then on until we left. Either that or he thought I was after his potential love interest and there's a whole essay to write on where he'd be wrong there. Uh, in between all stages, a Dalek would periodically, the Dalek, well, sorry, would periodically wake up for a bit, realise its dreams of stardom were but memories of when it had appeared at the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff and get all grumpy, threatening to kill and we'd have to run back to our wobbly tiles. It was like a date trying to sneak you back into their room, tiptoeing around for fear of waking their mother. Uh, who are you dating, Matthew? Uh, finally, we came to the start. Star map. Oh, the star map. How we didn't end up ripping it off the wall and shoving it somewhere that could have caused Gareth immense amounts of pain, I'll never know. Oh, let's find out what happens with Gareth and the star map (laughs) and the gloves with the bits of things on them uh, that have fallen off in the next episode as we continue A Dalek Awakens. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.